0: Welcome to the Mastering College Podcast, a guide to landing your dream job. I'm your host, Daniel Botero, and my goal is to help you take away that fear of graduating without a job and instead teach you how to land your dream job. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to this episode of this podcast. Today I am here at UCF. I have the pleasure to interview the SGA president, President Josh Bologna.
1: Did I say it right? Yeah, you got it right. Ah, got I got it right. right. I put the enye. As long as you know, as long as you don't do the bologna, you know that's no. that's, a, that's a classic that I've had to face, you know, at, no, at I, all times. <laughs> you, you have that,
0: that that end with the apostrophe on top, the enye for mm-hmm. you know. So I, so. Josh, I'm just excited to be able to sit here today. Um, One of the uh, qualities that companies look for for students, the number one is leadership. Mm -hmm. And I can't think of a better place to gain leadership at a university than SGA or Student Government Association. So, to have the pleasure to have you and being able to interview today, I'm excited, I'm excited.
1: So Josh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? All right, absolutely. Th- thank you for having me. You know, I always, I'm always down for these types of opportunities where we got to have some good conversation. Hopefully, you know, people pick up, join on the dialogue, and, and get something out of it. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, again, uh, com- coming to UCF, this is not what I had expected. But uh, to even backtrack more, I was originally born in Ecuador, uh, Guayaquil. And so was my dad, my, bro- my two older brothers, and my mom were all born in Venezuela. And we moved to the United States in 2003. I was six, just turning seven years old. Um, so at this point in my life, this is, this is the majority of my life. This is the majority of my experiences. Um, and But I still have that cultural, um, I guess, exposure. I speak Spanish with my family, uh, all of them, and um, have a Jewish background as well. I'm Jewish, so a lot, of, a lot of the things that I get to do with my family uh, mean a lot to me. Um and that's something that I've been lucky enough to keep while I have kind of different experiences in my social life here with, with the friends I made and with the organizations I joined but yeah, um grew up in in Coral Springs, Florida, South Florida, and had had a phenomenal time I mean um, in the sense that you know was was involved in sports was involved in, in my passions um, but even to To get to a deeper part of my story uh, was, I guess, my realization of my immigration status in the United States. And, um, you know, just kind of what that taught me is, you know, everyone faces something even though you don't expect it, you know. Being a high schooler in ninth grade, uh, starting to find out that, you know, I wasn't allowed to leave the country, I couldn't get my driver's license, there was questions of how I was going to apply to college was just kind of like, how does this even make sense, you know. Uh, I'm enjoying as much as my friend is uh, that I could do all these things so that was a big big uh, learning experience in my life throughout high school um, you know came came here to UCF um, I still don't know the exact reason looking back I mean the, the engineering side of things caught my eye uh, but there's other schools in Florida as well um, I almost feel like it was UCF's lack of stereotype that drew my junior high school and senior self here I felt like whenever you would bring up other universities around the state you would think of some stereotype even if it's true or not and with UCF it felt more pure it felt you know that people kind of did what they wanted to and and you know that's maybe not what was going in my mind there but reflecting on it I think that's what caught my eye so came here picked up an engineering major um, and yeah, we can get in more detail as yeah. to where we're here. But yeah.
0: let's do it. So, I, I want to ask you though. Do you think that UCF has a stereotype now?
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think I think from my time starting here in twenty fourteen till now, we probably gained a little stereotype, and that goes with football. That goes with sports, um, in the sense that you know um, we have a the positive side. I'd say is persistence. I guess the negative yeah. side you'd say is annoying. Um, but we're comfortable with that. We're comfortable of of being the, the the school, I guess, to put a stereotype on it now, is the one that that fights for equality. Yeah. You know, if you want to talk about football, it's like, look, like I know you guys have been around here for a long time, but, you know, that's not our fault. We came in, we're younger, we're doing what you guys do, we're doing it better. Where's where's the, the merit here? Uh, so I don't mind having that stereotype.
0: Uh, me being a UCF <laughs> alumni myself, I don't mind the stereotype either. Um, I, I get in arguments and debates with with my, my friends who are big FSU and UF yep, fans, yep. Um, but that's, that's part of it. But let, <laughs> let's talk about what we're here today. We're talking about leadership, but before we go into that, so you came, you decided to go to UCF. Um, when did you realize that you wanted to get some sort of leadership experience
1: here on campus? Right away. Uh, not even I wasn't even at campus. Leadership is, is something that I've been drawn to even throughout high school. Uh, one of the, the main experiences that I had in high school that not even while it happened, but after looking back, realized I was ninth grade on a travel soccer team and this is probably the best team i played on, you know, so good. I didn't even start. (laughs) Um, but we were, we were really good. And and before the season started, coach asked us to circle up uh, and select a captain and I was chosen and I'd go on the field for the coin flip and then come right off, be on the bench and then get subbed in at some point of the game. So it was just like, you know, I was involved in high school, uh, end of sophomore year saw a flyer said run for junior class president or junior class government. And I ran for junior class president, got it. You know, all I did was create a, um, a tarp, uh, with, and got duct tape and put my name on it. You know, that's what the election looked like and hope that people would vote. Um, so coming here, my advisor in high school, she was like, apply for the lead scholars program, which I did, you know, just to go with it, got in. And as soon as I came on campus in summer 2014, um, I met some people in Greek life, and uh, begin to rush, fight out the theta of the fraternity uh, I'm in, um, and that was just, I would say, the foot in the door for UCF, uh, my fraternity mainly, and lead scholars as well. Just to, to tell you, you know, that you could you could leave an impact on people.
0: Yeah. So did you ever run
1: for a uh, leadership position in your fraternity? I did. Uh, <laughs> I was. It was one of <laughs> the most interesting positions I've had. I was warden of my fraternity. I guess the, the main responsibilities would be ritual, uh, um, uh, the bylaws, and the judicial board. So I had the the responsibility of, you know, when, when uh, brothers would break the rules or do something inappropriate or whatever the case may be, I was the person that had to run the meetings as to were they guilty, were they innocent, what's the sanction? And doing that, you know, with your brothers you know someone super yep. close to you is, is an interesting role to be so you gotta you gotta be you gotta be strategic about how you go and and try to quote unquote punish right them, at the
0: end of the day you're they're, they're yeah. your friend right yeah so it's like putting but that aside fair.
1: Just, some some i would say like you know we're brothers so some experiences were funny yeah you know just seeing close friends close friends of mine going through that you know and a serious process and sometimes I couldn't help to laugh. You yeah. know, i <laughs> will be even more confused than feeling yeah. like you laughing. Um, so it was, you know, always trying to have fun with it is, is important as well.
0: Excellent. And so uh, why don't you share a, a little bit about your journey to SGA president? And mm. so what
1: roles did you hold before? How did you mm. start getting involved and everything in between? Yeah, I think one of the biggest turning points was after I was initiated. So beginning of spring 2015, the vice president of my fraternity, called me and he called, he called every newly initiated brother, asked them if they wanted to pick up chair positions or anything like that, gain leadership and ended up having an hour conversation with him, talked to him about some of my high school involvement. And he's like, you'd be perfect as an interfraternity council delegate. So I would represent the chapter to all of the fraternities. And I loved it. I loved how that worked, how there was a governing council and, you know, how decisions there affected decisions elsewhere. Um, uh, so did that, became a recruitment ambassador for Interfraternity council and then vice president. Um, and that was, um, that was leading into the summer going into my sophomore year where I would say I almost stumbled upon SGA. Um, one of my closest friends, she was picking up a temporary senator position over the summer. She's like, "Come with, maybe you could get one as well." Coincidentally enough, there was an engineering senator who was like, "I need to find someone to hold my position for summer." was confirmed and decided to run in the fall. And just kind of, you know, when I'm involved in something and see the potential behind what you can do, what legacy you can even leave, decided to run for it uh, the following semester and then did a whole year as a senator and then became the Governmental Affairs Committee Chair um, for one of the Senate committees. Uh, and we ended up changing that committee into the Student Body Advocacy Committee which added some more roles and responsibilities, became chair of that. Um, that was that was a great experience, and all while this, you know, I've got my position in Phi Delta Theta. I've got uh, I became Greek Council president, um, and remained my involvement in lead scholars and continuing that. You know, positions just opportunities would just come up because what I saw was if you know, you know we were kind of talking about this off off uh, before this podcast, but politics behind things are something that really uh, I'm not a fan of, and seeing that here in SGA, although you could say there are politics, ultimately a lot of the the things you earn were from your hard work, and I saw that result, and that kind of just kept me motivated to keep doing good things, good things, and these opportunities just kept coming, and um, I actually ran for student body president, uh, skipped forward a few more roles I actually ran for student body president one time uh, and lost by six hundred votes out wow. of twelve thousand. So it was a two percent difference, and that was I'd say the greatest learning lesson I've ever had. Because um, that following semester, so now we're fall seventeen, I could reflect on everything and just realized, you know, a lot of a lot of things, including you know diversity of people, especially on this campus. Um, expectations versus reality i had the theory of i know i will do better therefore i will get elected yeah. you know and it wasn't like that so it was kind of last minute to run again the following year and we decided like right after the peach bowl actually met me and the vice president jad who we ran together the first time we're like let's do it like we know um we've matured a lot we we know we've gained wisdom did it again with a lot at risk because losing twice would have been <laughs> devastating, and, and came out uh, victorious. I want to
0: talk about um, a little bit about how does SGA work because you talked about you you held multiple roles, so which is good to understand that you can't you could just run straight for president, but it's not likely mm-hmm. that you will get it because yeah. you need all the critical
1: experience that mm-hmm. comes with it. How does SGA work? Yeah, it's. I'll try to do this pitch as simple as possible, but, you know, like you did say, any student that could get 500 signatures from other students and has a 2.5 GPA can run, you know? And that would be running for any role? For any role, including student body president. There's no... But again, like you said, it's there's, It's a six-week campaign, so you have to prove yourself, you know? And, and if you haven't had experiences that qualify you for this job, then, you know, you probably won't get the, the results, the votes. Um, but... Just to give a high-level overview, three branches, just like the federal government, we got legislative, judicial, and executive. Being part of the executive, it's the president, and vice president, and a cabinet they select, in which they create to accomplish their platform, uh, and those people are appointed by the president and vice president, um, and then just kind of transitioning over, the Senate approves them. The Senate is made up by representation of uh, students in each college, so. 69, 69 senators now for 68,500 students. Each so, is so it one per thousand students? One per thousand, and you represent by college. So, if there's 10,000 students in engineering, College of Engineering, there's 10 senators. Got there's it. five in College of Arts and Humanities, five senators. And they approve a lot of the decisions, a lot of the, all the appointments that I have to do, and they also allocate funding for conferences and um, events on campus, the student organizations. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they have a fiscal side, um, but as well, they pass our statutes and rules. um, And I have to sign them, just just as the federal government works. Judicial branch has the power of judicial review. You know, if Senate passes something that we believe is unconstitutional, they could go ahead and do that. They have a lot of external presence with dealing dealing with parking appeals and grade appeals and uh, helping out students there. What do you mean by parking appeal? So if a student gets a parking ticket, they can come. And so and the process <laughs> is parking is terrible here for the people that don't know that you know. Yeah. Uh, even though you graduated twenty twenty twelve. Still was terrible. It was we so had less sick. parking garages. know less parking garages? You know the you know, it's it's a lifelong mystery as how you could ever fix that. Um, so people get a decent amount of parking tickets. So you have to appeal it to parking services. If they deny you you have the opportunity to appeal to SGA under certain um, parameters. Okay. And then the judicial branch would hear it, You know, either say, we appeal this, don't appeal this, or kind of give a adjusted sanction. And are they elected officials as well? They're appointed by student body president and then um, approved by the Senate.
0: So very similar, like the federal government. Yep, exactly. So if you're in doubt, it's, it's going
1: to be like the federal government. Yep, if you're in doubt, turn to that. Um, but that's more of the structure. Because yeah. when I'd say... It's, it's less like um, federal government because uh, as far as politics are concerned, we try to keep a very pure view of bottom line is we want to help students. Mm-hmm. There's not so much of a, you know, there there isn't that wide of a um, I, uh, difference of philosophies or ideals as to how people think should student government should run. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, we don't have parties here. There's actually other student governments. I know uh, UF has parties um, and we try to avoid that here. You know, it's nothing written said that we can't, but, you know, just kind of our belief is, um, there's nothing too fundamental that would separate students in how we do things in student government. So parties are in other universities could snowball or could go through a slippery slope where it's just kind of, a becomes more exclusive to get involved and we want to avoid that.
0: Okay. And so you were mentioning if, if a student wanted to run for a position, what would be one of the first ones they should look into getting
1: involved as? Um, my advice is a little different. I would say if you're looking to, to, to be in SGA because you want to help students, you first have to realize what students need help in. So anyone in SGA, I always advise them be involved in something outside of here. You know, whether it's a fraternity, whether it's, you know, something like Night Thought, something philanthropic, whether it's a business fraternity, get involved in another um, community on this campus so you get that perspective. Because uh, I've seen a lot for the students that start involved in student government and end it, you kind of get stuck in this bubble, you know? Um, so if you were to run for something, run for what you care about or get involved in what you're passionate about and then use... SGA as that, so kind of what happened with me, but it was more coincidentally I was involved in lead scholars in my fraternity, the Interfraternity Council and then SGA came and I had a perspective from a certain aspect of the student body of like you know, when it came to administrative decisions I know what I should advocate for, right? Because that's a lot of what we do a lot of what we do is, is advocacy on these decisions uh, that UCF administration makes, so Get involved elsewhere, and then you know if an opportunity arises to be a senator, jump on it, or you know to be appointed to the cabinet, jump on it.
0: And so, what? When are elections held, and how long are? How yeah. long are you elected for?
1: Um, elections are held for Senate; they're held in the fall, and the term is one year. And for uh, President and Vice President, it's in the spring, and again one year. Um, the other positions that are appointed uh, are appointed at different times, usually the summer is when a lot of these things get filled up because uh, it's a good transition time. Um, but, yeah, spring and fall.
0: You earlier were mentioning about in the summer when se- some senators either take a job or go back home, that there's an opportunity for people who are looking to get experience to yeah. uh, cover some Senate seats. Can you explain a little bit of yeah. how that works? And the
1: students, you know, looking to get involved, maybe that, is that a good way to get start? Absolutely. That's, that, that was my path. Obviously, there's different paths, but I guess the reason I could talk it up so much is because things are slower in the summer. There's less people, so the reason why you can get... It's called a sign-over. It's the official name of... If you're a senator, and it doesn't even have to be in the summer. If There's people that go and study abroad trips in the spring. You know, if there's anything you're doing to help your professional life or your education, you can get the sign-over, because we understand that SGA shouldn't be your priority, you know? So... Um, coming around right before summer and seeing the people that are going to be looking for sign-overs and taking their seat, things are slower. Campus, still a lot of people on here, 20,000, I think, 25,000, but relative to the 68,000 we have, uh, you get to learn. You know, People could give you more of a personal touch on how to guide you, so definitely recommended way.
0: What, are, uh, what is the goal of student government? You know, at the end of the
1: day, what is the student government here for? So, you know, for all the complex things we do, I think the bottom line of the student government is, one, to maximize the experience of the students, and two, to serve as the advocates for future students to come. Um, So I think it's service and advocacy. Uh, You know, we have the responsibility of... 19 point or this year actually 20.4 million dollar budget the student uh activity and service fee and we have students are the ones that vote on where that money goes students are the one that get to use that money throughout the year to put it back into student services so the the student advocacy and and services are crucial you know if we're not if something we're not doing that is in the goal of that as we were talking earlier um then we're not doing our jobs so, you, especially if you're at a large university, like UCF,
0: there is so many resources out there that we don't even take advantage of students. Mm-hmm. I think it would be impossible to take advantage of every single right. service that the university offers. Mm-hmm. What do you think are some services that students are not taking advantage of that they
1: should? There's, there's a decent amount, I think. So, the first couple that came to mind, and it's because I was dealing with some of this earlier, it was... Student legal services, which is one. Uh, what what is student legal services is something we pay for from the student budget. There are full time lawyers at your disposal. So if you're ever going in through any legal trouble, you know uh, whether it's something like a a uh, a dispute with your landlord to um, a minor in possession with alcohol, uh, and there's no conflict with UCF, then um, they could represent you. And that is at your disposal at all times, and it's such a help because we understand fees of of attorneys, and having that is such a huge. So it's not something that every student needs, but it's one of the most important ones when, you know, you unfortunately have to go through that situation. And to kind of trickle down, if it is a UCF student conflict, uh, that usually means you're going against the school. So you're going through student conduct. And we have our attorney general... Uh, who's a position in the executive cabinet that serves as judicial advisor. So they walk you through, you know, what student conduct looks like because that's a terrifying process. Uh, You know, your education may be at risk, so that's a huge help. But these, I guess, are kind of worst-case scenarios. Um, I think services that that students uh, could utilize more is, you know, we have a lift deal on the weekends for safe rides to local areas from you know, the local Plaza Waterford to the local bars. Um, we have um, something uh, through, through UCF. Wow, I'm blanking on the name of the service, but it's uh, free training on things from Photoshop to Excel. You know, if you want to develop those educational skills, they're free at your disposal. You can kind of go on and on. But, yeah, I think the reason I brought up those two big ones because those are maybe the two you need most um when you go through that situation do
0: they still have um, a student enrichment fund where students can go and ask sga to to go to conferences or to go to seminars Mm -hmm. or anything that's helping them professionally
1: yeah and last year when i was senate president we uh, i asked the activity and service fee committee to uh, for an extra hundred thousand dollars for conferences so yeah the budget is over a million now for going for sending students or organizations on a conference and you know, to tell you how much that actually impacts students, I just received a job offer for going to a conference that, um, for the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers, that was funded through SGA. And kind of the funny story is, I represented that bill for three years. And this year, I did not because I'm no longer a senator. But after it was approved, the president of SHEP, which is the organization, was like, you have to come this year. And I was just like, all right, I was like, "When is it?" She tells me the dates. It's homecoming week. I'm like, "Oh God, you know." I was yeah. like Yeah. It's my last homecoming, and then she's like, "No, like this is this is like a future." Long story short, ended up going, made the, the smart decision, and that experience resulted in me in getting some interviews, and now now having the opportunity when I
0: graduated in May. So that's exciting. So um, and so, how does that work? How do students
1: uh, get that funding, and how does what's the similar process to get? you're familiar with it. Yeah. You just, uh, Night Connect, which is a portal that all students have access to, you apply through there and, you know, the rules are written out of what what can or can't get funding, how much you can get, what are the timelines, but everything, or you could even go to ucfsga.com, go to our services and how to receive funding, and it'll give you a step-by-step process. And you, as an individual, you're entitled to $250. So that may not cover your whole conference cost, but that could easily take up flight or some of the registration costs. So Is that a year or a semester? That's that's per year. Um, at the same time, how I went wasn't through an individual one. It was through an organizational one. And organizations could ask for more than one. So, you know, it's kind of, you could almost do two birds, one stone. You join an organization and get to grow there and get a benefit to go to these conferences. So it was, It's that's one of the services that you are mentioning earlier that we have high-demanded. Um, and we have a lot of money to allocate, and that's, that's most of where the impact comes from, I believe. Oh, that's excellent.
0: And so, what do you think you've learned the most from being involved with SGA, and how is that transferable to the, your future outside of UCF once you graduate? Um,
1: so, I guess one of the most things I learned, which is more on a, I guess, more of a deeper level, is... Uh, after talking to my brother after like you know we all go through rough patches you know after a rough patch here he he kind of opened my eyes to how false the 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 phrase of you know never be the smartest person in the room is because not because of being the smartest person in the room but because that there's something in every individual that you can learn from so there was a time here in SGA where I was like I've done everything I wanted like you know now I have to pretty much teach people you know I was like you know maybe I'm done after the semester and my brother you know just kind of opened my eyes is like even if you don't get along with somebody there's something that they do there's a quality that they have that is better than you so learn from them and that kind of reciprocating attitude is one of the big things I got out of SGA Um, and at the same time being on the board of trustees I got to I get to experience a lot of uh, decision making, very high level decision making, billions of dollars, and and you know almost corporate level, corporate like uh, structure, and going into the professional world, those two things are I hope uh, give me a I guess a, a leap forward in of my career.
0: Absolutely. Can you explain a little bit to the audience that might not understand what the board of trustees yes. Justice is. Yeah, it's
1: yeah. Board of Trustees. Every state university has it. So the 12-state universities, so FIU, FAU, Florida Gulf Coast, and so on, UF, FSU. Um, and it's comprised of uh, 14 members, or 15, maybe one off. And 13 of those are appointed either by the governor of Florida, so Rick Scott at the time, or the Board of Governors, who is who are appointed by the governor of Florida. So these positions are appointed at the highest level of the state and there's two representatives that aren't appointed and that is the Senate pre- uh, sorry the faculty Senate president on campus and the student body president which is myself um, and the Board of Trustees is the ultimate decision-making board of the university so they they actually oversee Dale Whitaker um, so like the Board of directors the board of directors the Board of Trustees so we yeah. have to approve anything over two million dollars and that's a capital expense and and so on I mean the intricacy of, of the board goes crazy just because of the intricacy of the universities and the state um, government. So that experience is very, very um, rare at my age. You know, I'm sitting next to people that are highly involved in universal. The CEO of Mitsubishi, uh, you know, that have accomplished all these things in our community, and you know, learning from that is, gives you a sense on how people that have quote unquote may have made a success in their careers, you know, what they have gone through to get there.
0: So what do you think um, is the biggest learning lesson that you've learned from being in a room full of very successful people Mm -hmm. and how, and the second question to that is, how do you think you contributed to that? Because Mm -hmm. I know you have, I've read multiple articles about how how you have, Mm -hmm. Um,
1: but I would love to hear from your point of view. So I think one of the things that comes from it is a, is a balance because you're the board. Ultimately, just just the, the reality of leadership, it falls on you if you're that ultimate approval, whether it's my role here as board of trustees, it does. So trust is a big part because, you know, the things that we have to approve have gone through so many even months of, of research, you know, having it presented to you, it's hard to, you know, it'd be easy to be like, can you explain this? Can you explain this? So what is your role? What what I learned is you got to find what you prioritize. What value do you bring? So I started to realize that the questions that each board member would ask, they would usually ask like one person would always ask this can, you know this about the contract, you know, cuz that's what they had insight on. What I would ask is really um has been uh talked through with students, right? And also, what impact it delivers on the micro perspective of the student experience. So, my questions are usually tailored to what was the decision making process rather than what did you, you know, the the details of, um, you know, this is why we thought this was more important, like who'd you speak to, and ultimately, how does this uh, impact students in the short and long term. So, I consistently have that role there. Because there's so much that it would be impossible to talk about. Because you're the
0: voice of the students in that, in
1: that table. Absolutely. And that I know that's my role. So obviously being nervous at first. And, uh, you know, you're still a little nervous with, you know, with any anything you do. Um, just kind of growing. Seeing that and molding into that um, has given me more of a platform to speak on.
0: Excellent. Josh, so actionable three steps on how students get
1: involved with SGA if they're slightly interested. Um First step is more of a personal one. Find your passion, you know, and and if it is geared towards SGA, talk to the people in SGA. People are like, oh, sorry to take up your time, Josh, you know, just had these questions that may not be directly with my role, but bottom line is we serve the students. So when students take up our time, that is our job, right? So talk to whether it's a student body president, any leadership in SGA, and really get a feel for what they do and what the others do. Um, and after that, start figuring out. Okay, this is you know maybe I like the programming things better rather than the Senate committee things better. Uh, how do I start getting involved there? And you know it's, it there's a process to get elected, but if you want to be if you're still exploring, I'd advise go through that. Talk to different people in SGA. J A. We're open here. Uh, we'll give you we'll give you the answers you want to hear, uh, and you may not want to hear. We'll give you the truth. So that's what I would suggest.
0: Excellent. Well, Josh, we've been speaking now for 30 minutes. Yep. If there's one thing that you want the students to take away, what do you wish that would be? Take away from their experience. Take away from our conversation and
1: about leadership and about SGA. Yeah. um, I think the one thing is know why you're doing things. Because even with my resume, as far as, you know, saying like these leadership experiences, um, they help you in the sense of your future only if you learn from them, right? If, sure, uh, maybe some, some, I've gotten some interviews into some jobs because of the surface level stuff, but during an interview or, or networking with a company, if you can't truly talk about what you learned and what real world experience you could apply, um, it's going to take you nowhere. So what you do get involved in, make sure
0: you're, you're learning from it. Excellent. Well, everybody, you guys heard it. Josh, thank you so much for taking time. Thank you. Um, And everybody else, I'll see you guys on the next podcast. Thank you all. If you've listened thus far to this episode of the podcast, you absolutely rock. But now I need your help please make sure you subscribe and leave me a review so much and talk to you soon.